Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and uh, for this Friday edition, we've got a, another rousing round of, oh jeez, that was cheesy as fuck, um, got another bunch of questions. Um, these questions come from a girlfriend of mine, a girl that's a friend, and as with most of these instances of questions and answers, I'm going to try to do the rapid reaction live. Um I think it's probably better if I don't read them in advance, probably make for a bit more uh, of a spontaneous uh, scenario here. So without further ado, I will dive into question number one. What is the most awkward thing that has happened to you while having sex? Oh boy. Okay. So the most awkward thing that has ever happened to me while having sex or probably the funniest thing that's ever happened to me while having sex is uh, I was dating a girl who was a librarian. That's not her real job title or description, but for all intents and purposes, she was a very sweet, uh, quiet girl. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, But let's just say I thought she was super quiet and reserved and whatnot. Uh, The first time we had sex, uh, we were both sober, which, you know, the first time two people have sex, they should never be sober. Um... So I was, you know, it's, it's a little awkward, but it was fun, whatever. Uh, in the middle, (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling this story in the middle, uh, of us doing the deed. Um, she was like, talk dirty to me and kind of took me by surprise. And, uh, (laughs) oh my God. And, uh, so in my head, I was going straight to full 100. I, immediately was going to say i fucking love your pussy which was highly aggressive in the middle of me deciding what i was going to say i had a rapid realization of who i thought the person was that i was sleeping with in terms of them being this librarian this sweet conservative quiet uh woman and i panicked And what actually came out was, I fucking love you. (laughs) And to say that it was an incredibly awkward uh, situation that I immediately tried to rectify by saying, oh my God, no, I don't. I was going to say, I fucking love your pussy. And then it was just hysterical. Uh, We finished. We dated for a couple weeks after that. Um, We did have successful non-awkward sex after that. But it was, without question, the most awkward, the most hilarious the most movie-esque moment of my sex life, bar none. Um, I cannot believe I just told that story. It is hilarious. I've told it before, extremely drunk. That was definitely the first time I've ever told that story sober. I think it's funny. I think it's a good one. It's definitely the most awkward thing. I've had situations where I've fallen out of bed. My partner's fallen out of bed. I don't think that's that funny or that awkward. It's just something that happens when you're drunk having sex. But boy, that was uh, <laughs> that was a good one. Next question: What is a turnoff for you? Um, I guess this is probably like a sex question. What's a turnoff? Um, uh, gee, that's tough. Um, I mean, odors, uh, bo or otherwise, obviously a turnoff. Um, bad breath. Yeah, I mean that could be a uh, a deal breaker right off the bat if you're kissing someone and they either smoke or they haven't brushed their teeth in a month or a year. That's pretty disgusting. Um, not really sure I have 
uh, turn off. I mean, I don't really have any too physical turn offs. I mean, I'm pretty amicable. I'm, I'm, I'm no Brad Pitt, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, if you've got 11 toes, that's disgusting. Um, or five toes between two feet. That would be interesting. I hate feet. I don't know why I'm talking about them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely like smell oriented stuff, uh, odors and or um, bad breath for sure. Uh, question number three, what is the worst date you've ever been on? Oh boy, this is a good one. So I would say this is probably like two or three years ago. Um, maybe longer. I had recently gotten out of a relationship and I got on the apps and I was talking to someone on, I don't know, either hinge or bumble or one of those. Uh, we went from the app to texting and, you know, did the whole follow on Instagram, the whole in yards, and things were good. We had a lot to talk about. We had a lot of things in common. Um, so let's say this all unfolded over the course of a week. And within that time period, um, we decided that we should go out on, let's say, Friday or Saturday night. So again, we had really good communication. We were having really good time getting to know each other and everything was good. I mean, we were exchanging pictures of each other, you know, selfies on Snapchat, not nudes or anything like, you know, this is, let's not get crazy. We hadn't met yet, but the point was we had constant communication. Things were good. And, uh, there was nothing that was like out of the ordinary by any stretch of the imagination. So Friday or Saturday night rolls along and, uh, we're getting ready to go out for our date. And I'm excited. I'm like, this girl's really cool. We've got so much in common. We've had a really great time getting to know each other. So we go to the restaurant and we sit down and I don't really know what happened, but she just didn't speak pretty much the entire time that we were there. Um, we hugged, we sat down, we had a little banter to begin the date and then crickets. Um, I don't know if I looked bad. I don't know if I smelled bad. I don't really understand what transpired, but the date was a unequivocal disaster. Um, after the appetizers came, um, I basically said something to the extent of, oh, hey, like, uh, I'm, this is super last minute and I'm sorry, but a buddy of mine from college is in town and I'm going to go meet him for a drink. Is it okay if we you know, just kind of stop things after this, you know, 90 minutes or so and, uh, go out again another time soon. Sure. No problem. A uh, little peck on the lips. Good night. And that was it. Um, I went home and I was like, what the fuck was that? That was the worst date I've ever been in my entire life. I, you know, she could have been deaf and we probably would have had more to talk about than what actually transpired on this date. And right when we got home, she went right back to normal texting. Like, oh my God, I had so much fun. It was so great meeting you. Like, can't wait to see you again. And I was just completely and utterly flabbergasted. I was shocked. I thought maybe she was joking or fucking with me because it just didn't add up. There was no logical explanation why she could think that we had a good time because I did 100% of the talking. And it was in such stark contrast to our conversations. Um, you know, via text or on the phone leading up to the date. Um, so that was, uh, that was definitely the worst date I've ever been on. And, uh, I mean, there've been some bad ones over the years, but that, that one definitely, definitely took the cake. 
Okie dokie. Question number four. Have you ever been intimidated by a woman? And if so, what intimidated you about her? Um, I am constantly intimidated by women. Um, and it could be for a myriad of reasons. Um, I dated someone with an incredibly high profile job. She was immensely intimidating. We had a good time together, but um, we enjoyed each other's companies. And I'm incredibly attracted to women with intelligence um, so we had a lot to, to, to discuss and, and kind of get to know each other, which was great, but she was definitely intimidating. I felt like I didn't belong dating to her. Uh, excuse me. I didn't belong with her. I wasn't, I was way beneath her from a social perspective. Uh, definitely at the time from a financial perspective, I was working in sports, making almost zero money. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I've definitely been intimidated by women before, um, you know, I've, I've hooked up with women completely out of my league. That's certainly an intimidating instance. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, I think that kind of makes guys want to perform better or maybe just me, but, um, for sure. Um, I have been intimidated by a woman. Uh, I will probably continue to be intimidated by women and yeah, there's just a myriad of uh of things that could be um intimidating at uh, any moment's notice well let's see question number five what do you find most attractive in a woman i am an eyes and a butt guy um i think eyes are just you know the windows to the soul or whatever that statement is but um for me it's like the thing that you probably spend the most amount of time looking at with a significant other um blue eyes, green eyes, crazy brown and blue eyes, whatever. Um, I'm definitely, definitely attracted to a woman based on her eyes. And, but just because I'm a Buckeye, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a conversation that you have with people all the time. Like, Oh, are you a boob or a Buckeye or whatever? And blah, blah. I don't know. Boobs are great, but you know, it's one of those things that like, you know, you can definitely get a boob job if you're not happy with your, your breasts. And, uh, it's one of those things that, um, I don't know. It's, it's always something in my mind that if it's something that she didn't like about herself, she could always, you know, address it later on in life. So I think that's probably why I was always a butt guy. Um, but yeah, for me, number one attraction point is eyes and then, butt, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, we could stop there. (laughs) Question number six, what is something that a girl can do or say that will win you over? Um, good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, definitely like in my early twenties, you know, sex talk, like being quote unquote dirty or, um, aggressive was, uh, something that would like really, uh, endear me to someone or really attract me to someone. Um, but nowadays it's much more like, you know, their thoughts on the world, their thoughts on life. You know, I think that's obviously, that's just something that comes with age. Um, but yeah, um, intelligence is super sexy to me. Um, being able to have long existential conversations about life, um, love, uh, you know, politics, whatever. Um, to me, uh, being able to have a sustainable conversation about stuff that uh, someone might not know a lot about um, is, is definitely something that can, can win me over. Um, anytime someone's willing to kind of jump out of their comfort zone and have a discussion about something that they're not too familiar with or not too versed on, uh, I think that's awesome. 
Um, and then also if like they're willing to, you know, in, in, uh, learn about something that they don't have much knowledge about. Um, I'm super into Formula One racing and that's a really a recent thing. But if uh, the person I was dating took some time to learn about it and, you know, just be able to have a very, you know, surface level conversation about the sport, that would be really cool to me. Um, so I guess that probably dives back to, um, you know, just being able to be uh, who they are, but also, um, you know, willing to learn or, or kind of adjust what they are interested in based on stuff that I like. And I try to do the same thing, obviously, as well. Um, okay, the last question, uh, probably this is going to be a long one, is what do you think is the key element to a good relationship? I think there's probably three pillars, and uh, I reserve the right to increase that or decrease that accordingly over the next couple of seconds while I think about this. Um, number one most important foundational element in a relationship is communication. Um, being able to effectively articulate the things that you are feeling, um, being able to talk about anything, you know, whether it's what's going on in the world, what happened on your day, etc., is hugely important. I've had relationships where I've had really great communication with my partner, and I've had relationships where um, we had very poor communication. And I think at the end of the day, the number one foundation of a rock solid relationship is communication. Um, the second pillar to a successful and healthy relationship is trust. Um, I've had this conversation recently as I'm dating in that, you know, have you ever cheated on someone? Have you ever been cheated on? And to me, uh, there's nothing worse that a person can do to someone than cheating on them. Um, and I say that as a person who's never cheated and then a person who has been cheated on. Um, so that's why trust and honesty is so important in a relationship. If you can't trust the person that you're with, that's something that's going to be an impediment for the, the duration of the relationship, and inevitably it's going to cause its demise. I don't want to be with someone who I think may cheat on me. I don't want to be with someone who I think I can't believe the things that they're saying. So, I mean, I think that's something that comes with time and something that you learn as you get older, um, that trust and honesty is probably the first or second highest uh, most important pillar of a, of a rock solid foundation and the two go together, right? Trust and honesty in what the person is saying is also important with the communication aspect. If you can openly and truthfully articulate the things that you think or feel or, uh, really anything. And that goes from, you know, sex to, I don't like sushi, you know, whatever it might be at the end of the day, the ability to have open and honest communication with a significant other is obviously paramount to a successful relationship. And I say that being a person who's had both wildly successful and wildly unsuccessful relationships. And uh, probably we'll spend some time getting into that later on um, when I've got my first guest host lined up talking about relationships. Um, because I have gotten a, a fair amount of blowback from people um, who think, you know, why are you a person who can have a conversation about relationships when you're not in one or when your longest one is only a year and a half, two years. And uh, that's definitely something that I do want to touch on and something that we can dive into at a later date. But to those people who don't think I can have valid opinions on something because I'm not married, you're an idiot and blow me. And uh, finally, the third pillar of what I think is a key element to a good relationship is obviously uh, sex and, or passion and, or, 
um, physical connection. Um, I've learned only recently that my love languages are quality time and physical touch. And had I known that at a younger age, I think I probably would have done a better job of articulating the things that I wanted or needed from a significant other or just from a relationship in general. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, if you have the ability to openly, you know, talk about uh, your your relationship, if you have the ability to openly talk about your sex life and if you have the ability to trust with the person that you're with, that they're not going to hurt you and they're going to, uh, you know, be respectful of the things that you think and feel, you've got a really good shot at going the distance with someone. And at the end of the day, that's the point of dating, right? Um, you want to meet a person that matches up with you physically, mentally, spiritually, etc., and build a life together. And uh, I think that's uh, probably why, in my opinion, those are the three most uh, important foundational elements of, uh, of a healthy relationship. So uh, thank you to uh, my good friend, uh, not going to say her name, but never mind. Thank you for um, submitting these questions. I think these are really good. Uh, again, this is going to try to be the, uh, the, the function of the podcast. I want people to ask me questions. I want to just riff on what I'm thinking and feeling at that moment. And, uh, obviously it's going to be a little bit easier, uh, as I have, um, people coming up, uh, as guests. Um, what, uh, people have asked me recently is why did I name it the wrong advice podcast? And it's a pun. Obviously, I'm not aiming to give people incorrect advice. Um, that being said, I'm probably going to be wrong about a lot of things. These are just my opinions. These are just my feelings. I've lived a long life of 35 years. I've, I've seen enough things and I've done enough things that I think I've got the ability to give people pretty sound uh, life or relationship advice. And at the end of the day, it might not be the right advice. It might not be 100% the thing that they need to hear or even want to hear at the time. But hopefully it can foster a conversation either with me on the podcast or to themselves um, that will ultimately help them kind of skew into the right direction of what they're looking for or hoping to get out of um, the question that they're asking. Um, so uh, what's nice is I, I've, I've tried to put together like a 10 to 15 question questionnaire for guests um, as I have them coming on the show. Um, I've got 10 so far, so if you could submit any questions that you think might be a good addition to this, um, I would really appreciate it. And obviously, it'll help some of the interviews I've got coming up uh, to be better. So my 10 questions that I have so far are, number one, are you happy? Number two, what's your biggest fear? Number three, what is your greatest success to date? Number four, where do you see yourself in five years? Number five, what's the craziest thing that has ever happened to you? Number six, what is your favorite book, favorite movie, and favorite food? Number seven, are you currently in love? Number eight, do you believe in God and or in afterlife? Number nine, what's the biggest piece of advice for someone that is hearing you on this podcast for the first time? And number 10, uh, a recommendation uh, for everyone listening, uh, book, podcast, movie, TV show, whatever. Um, and that's one of the big things that I like doing at the end of every episode is where I give someone a recommendation. So that's 10 questions. Um, I would like to maybe see it grow to 15, maybe 20 tops. Um, so if we can get some uh, additional questions that you guys think might make sense to add to the questionnaire uh, for upcoming guests, that would be 
pretty cool. Um, so before we say goodbye to this episode, I would like to give you my recommendation for today. Um, just last night, I watched a documentary on Belushi. Well, it was called Belushi. It's about Jim Belushi. Um, if you don't know who he is, watch the documentary. Um, it was a incredibly interesting uh, look at a gentleman who is probably one of the funniest people in the history of the world. Um, and someone who struggled mightily with uh, drugs and alcohol. And I just found that you, you, you see this a lot with a lot of comedians, maybe not a lot, but, you know, Chris Farley's of the world, the Belushi's of the world. Um, and I said Jim, but I meant John. What a fucking idiot I am. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of the day, I thought it was a really interesting uh, kind of tragic tale of a person who grew up in an immigrant family, uh, was wildly successful, and then uh, had a lot of struggles with uh, substance abuse. And you know, I don't know what it was about the film. It made me kind of sad. Um, someone who's just so tremendously talented uh, to be gone so such a such a young age. I think he died at 32 or 33 years old. Um, it's just one of those things that uh, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, and uh, it was a pretty solid documentary, and I think uh, it's something that's uh, definitely worth a, worth a watch. Um, so that's it for episode six of the Wrong Advice podcast. Um, again, uh, please subscribe, uh, you know, leave a uh, review, um, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at John Pachuto. I've got the uh, socials for at uh, Wrong Advice Pod uh, coming soon uh, to both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, hope everyone has a great weekend. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy, and uh, be well.